Hi everyone, and welcome to the place where we discuss all things communication. This is Guide to Awesomeness, powered by Coldwell Banker, Ronan Realty. Good morning, good afternoon, or perhaps good evening, everyone, depending on when you're listening. Joining me today is Chris Atwell. Chris is a sales leader, music producer, and a competitive athlete. He uses his experience to help professionals set clear objectives and develop strategies to reach peak performance through mindset and accountability coaching. Chris is a mindset coach, helping individuals reach peak performance with improvements in mindset, habit changes, and clear goal setting. Thanks for joining me today, Chris. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on. I know it was sort of last minute getting things going, but I I appreciate you taking the time to be able to uh, come on and, and speak to us. Well, you know, I always enjoy doing a good podcast and uh, it gives me a chance to use my uh, my studio equipment as well. So always, always fun times. Mm-hmm, exactly. Just to get things started, the first question is, I've noticed on your email signature, you have that concept of peak performance mindset coach. What exactly does that mean to you? That's a great question. For a while, I was thinking about, you know, what was I going to put as my title and on the bottom of my email. And I've got quite a few mentors in life, uh, different coaches in different areas. And that's from sales to CrossFit to a mindset and even a coach to help me coach. And one thing that I've always strived for was being the best version of myself that I can be, particularly in the last year of my life. I've got a couple of kids at home. I've been competing in CrossFit. I manage a sales team, and there's a lot going on that can literally distract you. So what peak performance means to me is being able to weed through all of the distractions, understand what needs to be done in your own life, whether that's personal or professional, to be the best version of yourself, whether that's from a physical performance fitness standpoint, whether that's from a mental uh, head game standpoint, whether that's from a work standpoint and a family standpoint. There's always room for improvement, but it all starts with mindset. And if you want to win, if you want to be the greatest person to everyone around you, you need to have all kinds of things in order in order to reach peak performance. And peak performance is being at the top of your game. And I like how you say that it's your game, right? You, I think that's something that people have to remember that they're not comparing themselves to everyone else. They're comparing themselves to their own growth, right? Absolutely. I mean, you, you can't control other people's growth. You can help influence other people's growth. What you can control is how you decide to grow. What are you going to do when it comes to habits or the things that you're dealing with in life? How do you respond to them? There's a lot of things you can control, and it all starts with you. And what is it exactly that you believe in the concept of understanding who you are as an individual? How does that reflect in, in the way you can work with other people and communicate with other people? Yeah, it all starts with knowing what experiences you've had in life that affected you. I, I look at every experience I've had now as a positive one, whether it was a bad experience or a good experience. Because I've really started to embrace in recent years, learning from those experiences. So if you want to be able to help others, if you can tap into your experiences 
and share the learnings that you've had from those experiences. And I'll give you an example. Uh, I was competing in a CrossFit competition uh, earlier this year, and uh, it was a high-level comp. It's called the Age Group Online Qualifiers, where the next step would have been qualifying for the CrossFit Games in my age category. And it's a four-day event. And that four-day event is packed with, you know, two gruesome, one or two gruesome workouts a day that really push your body to the limit. And I actually gave myself what's called rhabdomyolysis. Okay, so I pushed my body so hard. My mind kept going. My body was saying shut down. My mind said, you know what, you can keep going. And I actually put myself in the hospital for uh, five days five, six days. And that was a real eye-opening experience because, you know, I'd, I'd pushed my body so hard that I almost had kidney failure, number one. And it got me thinking about why. Why did I push myself so hard? And a lot of it had to do with the fact that I wanted to win, the fact that I liked putting myself out of my comfort zone and, and pushing myself to, to certain extremes, I guess is a good way to put it. But it also got me thinking about what are the wrong reasons I was doing it for? <laughs> and those wrong reasons opened my eyes because it also started peeling away the onion that, you know, there's ego involved. There's wanting to be the best, but for what? You really had to start digging deep. And the experience taught me a lot about myself in a nutshell. Who am I? Why do I do things? But also, how does me being a certain way affect the people around me? How did this experience affect my family? How did it affect my work? How did it affect my mindset? And a lot of that really helped me realize that there's room for improvement and room for change. And taking that experience in particular, I've been able to go through a lot of those learnings and apply them in how I now coach people and how I am with my family, and how I actually treat myself in terms of training and physical fitness and uh, you know, morning routines and all these kinds of things. So I think every experience that a person has, if you can tap into that experience and pull the learnings from it in a positive way, that you're able to share that experience that resonates with others, that's a great way to help people. In short and brief concept, it's, it's empathy, right? It comes down to to that completely? A hundred percent. One of the exercises that I go through regularly with my clients as a mindset coach is understanding what do you represent? What do I represent? What are your values? And I have gone through that exercise multiple times for myself. And the first thing on my list now is helping others, empathy, and being a servant leader. I'm a sales leader. But at the same time, I'm not a, a micromanaging boss, right? I'm not going to crack the whip. Nobody likes that type of, type of leader. But what I will do is I will be there to help you understand what you're going through, what challenges you're facing, and work with you to develop strategies to overcome those challenges and reach your objectives. Everybody goes through tough times. Everybody, right? Whether that's in their personal life, their work life, you never know. And you have to be willing to listen. And ultimately, if you can truly understand and relate, then you can help them. That's been a long journey for me. I grew up in a military family. 
I was born in 79, so I'm on the tail end, or you know, you can almost call me a, a millennial, but I'm not. The household I grew up in, being a military brat, was suck it up, buttercup, right? Kind of just bury your feelings and uh, the old term of be a man. And over the last, I'd say, decade, I've really realized that that's not a way to live. That's not a way to live, especially in business, especially in your personal life with your family. I've got a, a wife and two girls at home. <laughs> if, I was, if I was always saying suck it up to two girls, I'm not going to get very far, right? It was a long journey for me to really recognize and tap into my emotions and, and understanding so that I can be empathetic because, quite frankly, I, you know, my blueprint as a human being was to not be that. But I think everybody has, is capable and everybody, if you can, be empathetic with others and understand and be open and listen, you can accomplish so much more. I like the idea, the fact that you've been able to take your own life, understanding those concepts and understanding that before you try and instill it on someone else. Because if you can't do it, then how are you going to convince somebody else to do it? hundred percent. Yeah. People look up to others because they relate with them. They relate to them. Yeah. And how would you say that, that the concept of understanding, again, we talked about the interaction with others, but but how specifically would you say that self-understanding and self-discovery relates back to, to the business side of concepts or the idea of entrepreneur, or the idea of wanting to be a better leader? Well, you can't expect somebody to reach peak performance in their business or in leadership or have followers, so to speak, if they don't really know who they are, right? How can you expect to know others if you don't know yourself? How can you expect to help others if you can't help yourself? And the only way that you're going to be able to help yourself is to truly understand who you are. And to do that, you have to do some digging. And that's why the, you know, the values exercise that I mentioned, it sounds like a simple exercise, but when you chalk it down and you really start peeling the layers of the onion and and looking at who you are as an individual, you might run into a lot of uncomfortable things, things that you like about yourself, things that you don't like about yourself. And in order for you to love others, you also need to love yourself, right? So that's why I was thinking about this recently, where there's a lot of things in life that you can't control. Some people don't like the way they look. You know, I don't like my nose, or I don't like my legs, or whatever. Those are things that you can't control. And that's where if you can learn to accept those things and love yourself for who you are, that is a great foundation, a great step to loving others and helping others. But then there are things that you can control. You can understand what experiences you've been through that have affected you negatively and forgive people for doing things that they've done to you or forgive yourself for doing things that you've done that you may not be proud of, for example, put those things to bed so that you can move forward. And by really understanding and establishing a new set of core values, once you've gone through those exercises, you can understand who you are because you don't actually have to be who you were yesterday, right? That's, nobody ever said that you have to be the same person today or tomorrow as you were yesterday. That's something you can control as well. So by establishing a set of values and creating habits and 
a new set of rules, so to speak, of how you're going to live and you live by those and you live, eat, breathe them all for the, the greater good, then you can really establish who you are, who you want to be, and you can move on to helping others. I like that idea. And it kind of reflects back on sort of our closing with this podcast that I have up on the wall here behind me. Be awesome today, be even more tomorrow, right? So it's the idea of the fact that you can be, you can be great today, but you know what? Try and be something you can, you don't have to be the same as you were yesterday. You can continue to grow, right? And that's where the idea of this whole podcast is, is the fact that it's an opportunity for people to continue to learn more, continue to grow, continue to be better people. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Do you find that you have to market yourself differently as a coach compared to the concepts of marketing and sales? I don't want to market myself as a coach as, as a product, okay? You know, there's a big difference between helping others when it comes to mindset coaching, for example, than selling a widget or a home, in my opinion. The way I approach it is I'm not going to put up a sign saying, here's my coaching practice, join my program for $19.99 a month, and uh, it's going to change your life. Whereas, you know, when you're selling fasteners, for example, like I do in my, uh, in my sales career, the, the application is different, right? Although I am solving a problem, you know, we're putting fasteners into concrete and high-rise buildings. So there's a lot less emotion tied into it. So there are major differences in the sense that I really want to try and develop relationships with people and help them in a way that is going to be life-changing versus in sales, for example, I still want to help people, obviously, solve problems, but I don't think the impact is going to be necessarily the same because drilling holes into a concrete wall and filling it with fasteners on, on a high-rise project may not necessarily change your life, if that makes sense. So from a marketing perspective, there still are a lot of similarities though. You know, you still have to have that uh, trust that you need to build with people and you can only do that through building relationships and understanding what's important to them and the challenges that they're facing in their life. So, you know, there's still a lot of similarities that way, but I'm not also not going to carry an inventory of product uh, when it comes to coaching that is physical. All that inventory is actually more knowledge-based, which is different as well. So, you know, I might kind of be seeing a lot of differences, but at the same time, there are similarities. So going to market, it is different. It is different. I'm not trying to push my mindset coaching business on, on people either, right? I'm trying to get people to come to me because they see the, that there is a relation there that they can make and that they feel perhaps that I can help them, if that makes sense. So to wrap it up, yeah, there's, there's differences, but there are similarities actually when you think about it. I, I like that idea, the fact that you understand that there's both the concept that it's about the content, really, when it comes to the way you're marketing. If you're, if you're marketing a product or a service, like something related to your home, it's going to be marketing different than to a service where it's an individual learning. It's, a, it's that, like you said, the relationship that you have. It's, it's the building blocks to, to create trust. It's all those things that are, are in place in both concepts, but it's 
It's just a matter of what that content is will change the way you market. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great uh, synopsis. And how would you define the concept of self-worth? And do you think there's value in understanding it? Oh, for sure. This is a good one. So self-worth to me is going back to that whole concept of, do you love yourself first? Self-worth is being comfortable in your own skin, being happy with the direction in your life, finding satisfaction in all the small things, and knowing that you're worth something to others, but it's not necessarily monetary, right? It's more connection. When I think about self-worth, I think about my family, I think about my kids, I think about my wife and my parents, and you know, family always comes first. So do I see value in the relationship that I have with them and the things that we do together? And is it worth it? Absolutely, 100%. So self-worth to me really relates to family first. We can also look at net worth as part of self-worth. And that's important to some people. But to me, money is important, sure, but it's not the be-all to end-all, right? You can find fulfillment in love and self-love and family love and friendship love and the direction of your life and the journey far more than you will in the physical money that you might be searching for. You know, there's a lot of stories out there and examples of people who have become millionaires and billionaires, but still are unhappy in life. So you can't have self-worth if you're not happy. Happiness and, uh, and love is definitely a big part of that equation. Quality over quantity almost. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Again, as you said, there are people that do find value in that concept and you're not, you're not necessarily saying that it is, it's not part of that self-worth, but it's, it's not necessarily an aspect that, that relates back to value. Yeah. And it all depends on, you know, the individual too, right? A lot of people, if you clearly understand what brings you fulfillment and it's true fulfillment, maybe wealth Financial wealth is a big part of that. I do have financial growth as one of my values, right? Always. And that's because I want to be able to share that wealth with my family and give my children opportunities that maybe I didn't have growing up. But I think from a self-worth perspective, it's not at the top of the list. In an age of constant change, do you think that we as individuals have the ability to take control of that change? I think so. And especially with, you know, technological change, right? We all have the choice to learn and adapt and play with all of these mediums that are available to us, whether that's social media, video games with your kids, uh, you know, fast-paced internet, changes in geopolitical situations, where you live, all of these things is, is how you decide to act and respond and do. So I do think that we have a great amount of control on how we deal with change. It's a mindset, once again. You know, for years, 
I looked at social media as kind of a distraction, right? I started using Facebook back in 2007, 2006, when I was out of college, went to Georgian College. And I only used it for business purposes at the time. I was a touring artist and it was a lot different then than it is now. And over the years, as all of these platforms came on, you know, the Instagrams, the Snapchats, the Pinterest, the Twitters, you know, you name it, it became overwhelming to me. And at the time I chose to, to complain and not use them because I found that they were moving too fast and it was for the young folk and I, I just didn't get it and it wasn't for me. And in recent years, I've really understood that, hey, you know what? I can connect with my grandmother on Facebook. I can reach out to my clients on LinkedIn. I can post videos on, uh, on Instagram and develop content that's actually to allow me to be creative, uh, have fun, help my business, but even help others at the same time. So I'm now learning to embrace the change and use those platforms, for example, again, using social media as a big part of the change to my advantage or to the advantage of, of everyone. I recently got on board on TikTok. Never thought I would ever, ever say that, right? My daughter and I play video games together, right? We have a lot of fun doing that. And, uh, you know, there's changes in the workplace all the time. Let's, you know, that's another example, right? Every business that you work for, there's going to be change. And you can control how you react to that change, but there's also a responsibility on the people, the leadership within those organizations, for example, to help communicate what that change means to everyone. So if you were to look at it from a bird's eye view of a leader who's affecting change, if you can do a good job in helping others understand what that change means to them and to the business, I think you can help control how others react to that change as well. So uh, yeah, I think change is inevitable. And if we don't, take control on how we, <laughs> how we react to change, then we're, we're going to be in big trouble. That's a good point to somewhat close out on. Before, before we finish today, I would just like to ask, I have three questions for you that I've been asking every person that's been on this podcast. Let's do it. So what is something you do or use to ensure that you're always striving to work productively? Yeah. So a uh, little hack here, my morning routine. Super important. Every morning I get up at the same time. I have the same routine, which involves a little bit of exercise, stretching, meditation, reading, and scribing, writing, whether that's in my journal or planning my day. And by following that routine, I can be ultra productive all day because I've set myself up for success. What is one habit that's transformed your life? One of the habits that has transformed my life is what I call working in clusters. So I literally work in 25-minute clusters when I'm not in meetings, for example, and I have things to do. I set a timer for 25 minutes. I put on focus music, and I've got my list of tasks that I need to do. 
I tackle them for 25 minutes. When the timer goes off, I take a five-minute break, and then I come right back to it, and I find if I could do two or three, four of those clusters a day, habitually, I am literally getting so much work done in a short amount of time that it's, it's all about that productivity. So that's one of the habits I t- I've started doing. And a follow-up question, I guess, with that, do you find that, that you're working harder because almost you have that time limit? Is that why you feel that you're working more productively? Yeah, I think it's, it's a combination of focus because I know that for that exact time frame that I only need to be doing one thing, which allows me to do it very effectively. There's no distractions because I turn all the other distractions off while I'm doing that. I close the door. It's just me. That music keeps me on point. And yeah, I, I, I can get more done in a short amount of time because I'm kind of challenging myself to get it done within that time frame. And finally, if you could write a chapter in the guide to awesomeness, what would the title be? Oh man, that's a good question. It would be, what do you represent? What do you represent? Yeah. I like that. And I think that's, a, that's definitely a good point to end on. You know, everybody leaving the, kind, the idea of understanding and thinking about what they represent, whether that's in their own lives, in their workplace, with their families, whatever the case, what do they represent? Awesome. I appreciate you being here with us today, Chris. Well, thanks for having me, Jonah. It was fun. It was. I hope to have you back on again soon. Anytime. Let me know. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts to keep up to date with the awesome people and awesome things we talk about. This is Jonah reminding you to be awesome today and be even more tomorrow.